following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 87 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And this is Stank. Stank, how are you doing, my guy? It's, it's a lovely Sunday here today in Chicago. Uh, I got oh. a belly full of ramen, and I'm ready to fucking talk. I am so hyped for this episode. Oh, man. You know, we, we've we had a lot of fun guests, uh, but this guy, he's practically a third member of the PWT cast. So, yeah, it's been a very exciting uh, interview with him. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy specifically because we got to, like, see him in person for the first time in, like, like a year and a half. Or not, like, a year. Yeah, because it was the last, like, covid we're right, right before COVID. Um, yeah, very happy to that we got to sit down and, and, and see Effie. I got a picture with Effie as well because I was always too shy to ask for a picture with Effie. Um, but we'll get <laughs> we'll get into some Effie talk a little bit later later in the show. Uh, you know, this week was kind of a more eventful week than we thought. A lot of recording this week, actually. Oh yeah. I mean, between the Patreon stuff and like I I did. Um, I recorded uh, a, a little bonus episode I'll be dropping either sometime this week or, or next week. Uh, one of my buddies, I his name's Louis Medina. He went to high school with me. He got he introduced me to podcasts, and he's a real good friend of mine. He was in town, so I was like, hey, fuck it. Let's uh, sit down and record. And it was very much like if you enjoyed the episode that I did with my friends uh, Vivian, Hundred and Diana, like – you'll pretty much enjoy that one. It's a lot of just me and Lewis just rehashing old stories. That was pretty fun. And uh, right before we started recording, uh, Dave himself was recording uh, another podcast. Yeah, I got, I got invited to go on to uh, the wrestling nerd broadcast and, you know, uh, they were celebrating their one year anniversary, which I think is going to come out uh, this Saturday. Um, but, you know, they're also like really big members of the micro brawler, you know, fan group, uh, and it's hosted by Nick Carpenter, Dave Canning, and uh, Ryan Crossley, who, you know, he's facilitated many a hookup when it comes to action figures and uh, micro brawler sales. So uh, it was really cool. They asked me a lot of questions about uh, how micro brawlers were made and how the, you know, how we do our stuff with our crate and stuff. And it was really cool. And, you know, we always kind of got like a running joke about um, the people in the micro brawler group being, uh, an angry mob but uh you know these guys are the good guys and you know that's a very small fraction of their group so it was, it was really cool to kind of shoot the shit with them and uh i cannot tell you how many times i almost slipped and <laughs> revealed a couple different micro brawlers that have not released yet but uh, i was a good boy this time so and so yeah so you know you you'll be getting your your uh you know more than daily dose of, of scrump and stank and speaking of that uh if you already aren't and you're interested in more content from us, uh, head over to the Patreon for as low as $5 a month. You can get uh, an additional episode in the form of uh, Scrump and Stang's family video. Uh, last month, we released episodes on Fargo, Shawshank Redemption, uh, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, uh, as well as a Fargo one that was pre- pretty fun that, that we did. And then this week, um, we'll be dropping. This week is sort of Power Rangers week over here at the PWT cast. This Wednesday, we'll be dropping uh, a fun episode of Go Go Scrump and Stank, which uh, it was like on the fly. That we so originally we were like um let, let's do it on the original mighty morphin pine rangers cast you know like the the original five rangers that get picked well uh during it we're, we're, we're describing that's what we're gonna talk about uh we had like our notes and research and everything and then i think i posed the question or was it you who was like 
Do we talk about Tommy Oliver? Yeah, well, I think you did. I was like, ah, let's let's save it for his own episode, and then we just could not stop talking about Jason David Frank. So yeah. it ended up putting it to on the fly. We called an audible, and it was a Green Ranger episode. <laughs> yeah, I think so. what, what like uh, what led to us like just like all right, fuck it, this is a Jason David Frank episode. Was I started talking about the uh, infamous fight that he had with uh, Jean Claude Van Damme at a Comic Con in Mexico, and then it's just then on the fly that we're like. All right, fuck it. This is a fucking yeah. Jason David Frank we episode. We uh, can't not talk about it, so. Exactly. So that'll come out Wednesday, and then Friday we'll have a review, uh, an episode of Scrump and Stang's Family Video, in which we review the 2017 Power Rangers reboot movie. We've been talking about it since the Patreon launch. I've been not stopped talking about it. So I was like, hey, yeah. you know, we should, uh, we should go ahead and just... You should get just go ahead and yeah, get it over our system. Um, and, you, you know, uh, as you guys know, we um, for anyone that signed up for the uh, $20 tier on our, our Patreon, it gives you the opportunity to come onto the show um, and do an episode of Scrump and Stang's Family Video with us. Uh, some of the movies that we'll be talking about, I've been compiling a list of, of, of movie titles uh, that we'll be you know reviewing with everyone. Clifford, I'm, I'm waiting on you, my man, so please uh, get back to me. Uh, but you know we're going to be talking about movies like Mallrats, Twister, uh, Crow, The Crow, Wayne's World, Mummy, Star Trek, like just a, a ton of fun movies. Aside from other ones that we have planned, um, you know, with ourselves or other people within the uh pwt cast family just a, a ton of fun content on there um so if if you're interested and you haven't already go ahead it's uh, patreon.com forward slash pwt cast and uh, hey if any of you guys are first time listeners as well make sure you're following us over on social media where uh, at pwt cast on instagram and twitter um you know welcome all new fans uh we know effie's uh is, he's a huge draw so he brings in uh a lot of fun people and hey we have past episodes with effie as well this is you know aptly titled effie forever um because in my heart effie is forever um but dave there was a man there's a lot of fun comic book content this month a lot of like well no mighty ducks doesn't really fall into that you saw the mighty ducks trailer talk about that well you know you know, it's funny. I'm a big Mighty Ducks fan, especially like the first two. I didn't see Mighty Ducks three, I don't think. But like when I was younger, like the Mighty Ducks was like a huge deal. And so like they even got like an actual real NHL hockey team out of it. So um, I was watching that. And then on Disney Plus, you know, they they had a trailer for I think it's called Mighty Ducks Game Changer. And it's like fast forward, you know. 30 years or 20 years, however long it's been. Wow. I feel old saying that, but, um, I actually watched that before I watched the, uh, the Falcon and winter soldier episode. And funnily enough, I talked with my brother. He's like, I've never seen mighty ducks. I was like, how is that possible? Cause I've seen both of them like a hundred times. He claims that he has no interest in it and didn't see it, but, um, it was actually, it was really good. It's more of like a family, like kids type show. So, if you're uh, if you're an eligible bachelor with no strings attached or anything like that, you probably won't be watching this show. But um, hey, if you're a family man like me and you got kids and you like watching sappy family stuff, it was a pretty good episode. So yeah, see, I like I, we, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. My history with the Mighty Ducks is I remember there was an animated TV show. Yeah. And that was about it. Like I never watched the movie. Like there's there's a bunch of movies that like 
like you had to understand like i my if my parents weren't watching it like there's a there's a a a, a time of like where a bunch of things that were popular in uh you know the zeitgeist weren't in my household by virtue of my parents were mexican immigrants who like they weren't you know they weren't into these things they weren't watching these things or listening to these things so it wasn't them watching or listening to something and if it wasn't my cousins my older cousins like watching or listening those to those things i wasn't watching um yeah. and so i've kind of had to like rediscover those things like i had no idea who queen was <laughs> you know kind of no. just like things like yeah. that so there are a bunch of movies and like mighty ducks is just kind of one of those that like fell by the wayside the most um the most connection that I had to the Mighty Ducks was uh, in Night at the Roxbury, you know. It was like, and then I was like, Emilio. That's as much as like connection I've had to those movies. I haven't gone back and watched them. Um, maybe I will. I know a friend of the show, Braden Harrington, is always putting them over as like being yeah. real fun movies. Uh, maybe we'll review them for our Patreon. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, maybe we'll review them. Like I, yeah, they're great. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've I've heard nothing but good things, and it is it is just it kind of falls into that category of like, okay, like I've I've, I've heard enough of um, people like put this over that I I trust that it's good. Like I I don't doubt that it's not. Um, yeah, actually, uh, Mighty Ducks. You know, did you watch the Daredevil Marvel show? Yeah, I know Foggy Nelson. Yeah, I know he's he, yeah Foggy's an enforcer on the team from there. So. Pretty cool. Yeah, so we'll, we'll probably we'll go ahead and, and check that out. Um, one thing that I, I have been nonstop talking about is this new Suicide Squad trailer. Um, my listen, my history with Suicide Squad trailers in general, um, a little rocky. I've I've talked at nauseum about how that the Ballroom Blitz trailer to uh, the first uh, Suicide Squad. I love it. Like I, that is a trailer that I will rewatch to this day. Like it just, it looks like so much fun to me. It's like, Oh man, look at how much fun these, th- this movie is going to be great. Like, Oh, I can't wait for it. <sighs> then it comes out and then I go in theaters and I watch it and I'm just like, huh? <laughs> Bait and switch. All right. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, like that was that. And you know, now people are like, release the air cut of the movie. But I, I'm like, hey, that would be fun. But also, like this James Gunn one looks fucking awesome. Like first off, yeah. um, I would die for King Shark, much in the way that I would die for Baby oh. Vision. I would die yeah. for King Shark. Like, like what were your, some of your thoughts on the trailer? Um. So, I, I'm. You know, I've spoken at length about uh, some of my dislikes of the DC universe, you know, the movie universe. But like James Gunn, for some, I think a lot of people, when he came out with Guardians of the Galaxy, everyone was like, what the fuck is that? And why would you waste your money on it? And then it turned out to be like one of the best Marvel movies. And it had so much personality, so much heart. And then, you know, what happens is Disney fires him because he made some stupid jokes on twitter like 10 15 years ago and he says you know what i'm gonna go do what i did for the suicide squad and we've all been like really anticipating it but like watching there's something about harley quinn that like i've had enough of it (laughs) i guess i harley quinn and deadpool to me i it's a bit much now yeah 
But um, Harley Quinn as a character, I love, but like everyone, like even people that don't know anything about comic books, they'll pretend like they're huge Harley Quinn fans. It's like, I get it. It's a cool, something about black and red. <laughs> Speaking of Deadpool, like they just like le- leaning into that. But she was my least favorite part. But like just seeing the perfectly cast John Cena as kind of a gung ho meathead. Perfect. Like him, him doing his, if you saw the red band trailer, he makes a pretty funny dick eating joke. Um, interest <laughs> Alpha as blood sport. Perfect. Uh, the thinker with, uh, Peter Capaldi, uh, uh, Rick flag fucking got jacked in the, in this trailer. Everything was really great. King shark was like a really big highlight. And then at the end we get Starro. I mean, you know, I've mentioned this before, but like, I always think it's funny that like for years, DC used to like really worry, like, how can we make Wonder Woman realistic on screen? And then Marvel was like, oh, yeah, a talking tree and a rocket raccoon shooting guns. Yeah, let's do that. And so like when you have the heart, when you have the freedom to just do something silly and then you just fully commit to it, it becomes awesome more often than not. We saw that with Psycho Goreman and, you know, we see it with this. Um, just having a giant starfish kaiju as, as a big bad was awesome to see. I cannot wait for this movie to come out. Can you ex- uh, can you explain Starro to me? Like, is because I, I, I am not familiar with uh, this giant uh, sea star. Uh, well, so I think a lot of people, and I'm not, I'm not the most uh, familiar with him either, but like he's kind of like a deep cut, goofy character. And you, you only have a lot of those like polka dot man and shit like that. But like, I believe Starro will release little starfish things that'll attach to people's faces and mind control them like zombies. Mm-hmm. So that's about as much as I know about him. Um, but yeah, it's like you'll, you'll see a lot of weird characters. And especially when you get into like, cosmic stuff like you'll have a lot of weird characters in marvel like modok or dormammu and like they're really big to the comic book that they're in but like the public in general just doesn't know who the fuck they are and this movie's full of people like that like you know like i said polka dot man or savant or uh arm fall off boy it's if there's anything he's good at it's taking lesser known characters and making them really cool so yeah that- i mean John Cena was so good in this; they made a show about him. So, I mean, if that tells you anything, exactly. And like, there, there is a little, there is some charm to that. Where, like, you know, you, if you like, like, let's say when when they start when they reintroduce the X Men, there is such like reverence for these characters that you have to be careful. That you have to be careful how you introduce them to not step on anyone's toes because no matter what you do, there will always be people complaining about like. Well, and especially like with a franchise like that, where there's been other iterations of said character, like, listen, I'm, I'm not gonna, you like every few years we get a new Batman and there's always someone complaining about something, you know, same thing with like the Joker, you know, like how, how silly is it to think that like people were angry that, uh, Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker, you know, Mm -hmm. and now he is for all intents and purposes, like the perennial Joker, you know, much in the same way that Jack Nicholson was before they cast him. Or, you know, right. when everyone was like, what, you're casting Mr. Mom as Batman? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, yeah. 
there's always that but there is i find it with like there's a charm in like a franchise like guardians of the galaxy or like you know suicide squad where a lot of these characters they're they're cd level characters that you you can you can do anything you want with them and the charm of it like oh shit they have this oh they have that person playing this person and this person playing that character like there is something fun about that where you're just like all right i have i don't know what i don't know much if anything about this character but like i'm i'm all in like you know just bring it because again like you just you can just sit back and kind of enjoy it a little bit more you know like you don't have to worry about like oh but you know or oh that's that's not the star lord i know because you don't really know star lord exactly and and i agree with you on harley quinn and like i i get it she's she's some people's favorite and hey by all means you know if you enjoy harley quinn like cool but um no definitely like uh for me uh i'm i'm more so excited um just for the film to just come out you know like i i personally think john cena is gonna fucking kill it like yeah again he got his his big breakout role i mean he's been in a lot of stuff and like people take notice because he's a big gigantic charismatic guy but yeah this this looks really good yeah um hey uh, also really quickly um you know of course we're going to talk falcon and winter soldier well l- l- let's kind of leave that for the la- later half of this after the interview with effie um really yeah. quick though before we get into the interview with effie I-, I mentioned our patreon earlier which again if you're interested uh patreon.com forward slash pwt cast there's uh four different tiers you know the three dollar christmas card tier and then again engine five dollar a ten dollar and a twenty dollar tier um and we'll be having a lot of fun stuff next month but uh, really quickly, I wanted just to shout out the patrons of the show, which, of course, is one of the perks. Uh, you know, if you're being um, a member of our Patreon, I want to give a shout out to Clifford Frazier, Jesse Kohlenberg, Mark Villanueva, Joshua Davis, the aforementioned Ryan Mears, our man, Neil Flanagan, uh, Shannon Howinick, Jonathan Mayer, Hot Topic Joe, Joe Enriquez, uh, Ryan Crossley. Oh no, Ryan Crossley was the person you mentioned. You know, fuck it. I love Ryan Mir, so I'm fucking mentioning him twice. Uh, <laughs> Taffy, uh, Vivian Urbino, who, hey, shout out Vivian. She, I, Vivian, I fucking love you, dude, because every time we have a sale, you buy one of our shirts. So shout out Vivian. I love you. Um, I think I might see Vivian this weekend. I'm not sure. Might record with Vivian again this weekend. Who knows? Uh, and then, of course, last but not least, uh, our man, Anthony Torres. Uh, so again, if you want to, if you want a weekly shout out as well, Hey, it's, um, super easy. Just go over the Patreon. There's a whole tier just for that. Uh, but, uh, like I mentioned, we'll, we'll be talking Falcon and Winter Soldier. Let's wait till after this interview with Effie. Cause I'm just excited for people to get with it. Um, again, this is our first time seeing Effie in, in a long time and it was pretty fun. We got to show him around the shop, around like the, you know, the, office the whole kind of just crate area where we do everything um and it was really fun um so hey without any further ado let's just go ahead and get to this week's episode with effie effie forever stank i am so fucking happy to be recording this very specific episode like a year and a half ago maybe if that uh, when we used to go to Freelance Freelance Fridays, we recorded an episode with a gentleman who we were told he's wonderful. You'll love him. Yeah. And whenever Matt Nix and Sarah Joy Shockey say that about a person, 10 out of 10 times, it's true. We've had this person on so many times. Whenever anyone says, oh, I've never listened to your show, which episode should I listen to? I'm like, 
fuck the rest of them listen to these three because they're the best they're my favorite people tell me all the time they're like wow you guys did not talk any wrestling on that one podcast but it was so great and i'm like yeah it's the best he's a twitch megastar he's you you find him on twitch all the time um monday night raw one of my favorite titles for a show he's always watching weird wrestling shit as well like i started watching twitch because of this and i was just like i don't know what the fuck is going on um but i love it He's the COVID cowboy. He's one of the hottest in, uh, indie stars right now. And I'm not just talking uh, about his boyish good looks. The man's everywhere. He's not stopped wrestling. Um, I love him. You know, he, he's a close friend of the PWT cast. I'm talking, of course, uh, Effie. Effie, how are you doing, my man? Yo, what an introduction. That was <laughs> insane. Well, I, I I love doing the intros on the show just because I'm like, let me let me see how much I can gas a person up. Yeah, gas me all the way up. I'm actually re- announcing my retirement today uh, here on the show. I'm over it, and I, I've peaked. I think this is it. Uh, this will be the final conversation uh, that anyone. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do all that. Uh, yeah, COVID cowboy for real though. I really didn't stop, and I sit here today, and it's March 27th, and. I'm like one year to the date of like walking out on my well-paying job uh, as a pandemic swarmed our country. I was sort of in the position where I was like, well, I just still don't want to do this job anymore, no matter how uh, much money there is and how bad it looks for indie wrestling right now when every show is shut down. So this year has been a year of uh, me putting my efforts into myself and the COVID cowboy moniker that I keep roping around. No matter the circumstances, I've been traveling and working and scrapping and streaming and doing every sort of weird thing to stay relevant during this time just because, like, I left the job, man. There was nothing else for me to do. I had to figure this thing out. Well, like, you fucking hustle. Like, there's there's something I admire about people that just don't stop hustling, you know? Like, specifically, like, indie wrestlers like yourself, uh, Dan Housen, Warhorse, that, like, your wrestling stopped for all intents and purposes like and you guys kept fucking going and that's awesome like my favorite thing is seeing like especially because i follow you like people discover you like it always be like i don't know who this effie guy is but he's my new favorite wrestler or just seeing how like there's people that just follow your twitch stuff or some people that just follow your wrestling stuff and again like i think it's fucking awesome because for all again for all intents and purposes like wrestling just stopped but you fucking didn't you just kept going and like well yeah and there's so there's a lot of us out here that are just like Mm -hmm. making it happen i think what's been so crazy is like you've had to adapt and so we've all as performers been put in situations during covid where we go okay well this is a payday this is a paycheck this feels weird this feels strange this doesn't feel like what wrestling normally feels like and we've had to make the best of that and it's like everybody is paused on live entertainment even the shows that they're doing on like nbc they've got fake audiences that they're shooting to that are dolls and then they use stock footage everyone's shows are messed up and so during this time to see all the different ways wrestling has still made itself somewhat viable even at our baby level you know at this independent level where we're we're broke to begin with and now there's a pandemic is sort of you're going what are we going to do but that idea that everybody's in the same boat it made things a little more exciting and enticing. And like, I'm the first person to jump at like uh, any weird opportunity. And so this COVID time was great because none of the bookings sound great. And you get there and you go, this is weird. And it's 
I feel like we're all going to come out of it way better performers and way more rounded just as human beings because we've had to take a lot of weird steps and we've had to take a lot of weird, you know, bookings, like I said, to maintain in this time. And nothing's going to throw us off our guard anymore. Nothing. It was, it might have been like two interviews ago that we did with you where we talked about how. Uh, Effie's big gay brunch was not happening because I think that was right around the time that like everything like shit really hit yeah, the really fan. Bad, yeah. um, but now this year it, it, it's happening again. What's that like knowing that like you know a year ago you were unsure if you know when it would happen because it was knowing you it was it's going to happen it's just a matter of when it's going to happen. Yeah, and I really. I credit, you know, our ability to keep going for it actually being able to happen now. And like, is the timing perfect on it? No, absolutely not. Like, I'm going to get the second part of my vaccine shot four days after my grand event in Florida. So we're still running shows that are mass required. We're running outdoors to try to keep as little of that airflow, you know, stuck in the building as possible. There's been a lot of steps we've taken during this time. And like the first big gay brunch happened in indiana where mike pence is from and having to once again adapt the shit we had planned and adapt the way we had to do it you could think of it as like oh man it's a bummer that like this show that was supposed to be this big florida party is only happening in indianapolis in a barn or whatever you know whatever that building was it was a great show still despite all of these restrictions that we have and despite all of these ways we had to chip ourselves and not do exactly what we wanted and I look at the show and I go, you know, the way I was booking the first show was what's going to be the most spectacular thing, right? Wrestling-wise and person-wise and booking-wise. And when I booked the October show, my thought was, and let me be fully frank here, I know we're having a lighthearted time, it was there's a lot of abusive people that have been uncovered in our business. Mm -hmm. I would have had them included in my show because I was not being as careful. Let me book a show around people who I know as human beings and I know their real names and I know who these people are and not take those outside risks that I think are going to add clout or add visibility to the show. And because of that, we put a lot more people on who hadn't had those big spotlights before. And what happened, like, people blew up on those people. And it was awesome. And they're participating in a lot more shows now. And now that we're able to book the show, I get to do both parts, which is book people I trust and book people who have clout because we've built that clout over time. And we've put them on the spot and they've always delivered, you know. That's another, like, thing that I really like about you, too, is that very much in the way like we said you know uh matt nix was like hey there's this guy f you guys would really like like him you know and we got to know him we're like oh of course we love him you're the same way with wrestlers where like i've seen i've seen you post like hey you might not know who you know this wrestler is but you're gonna fucking know and you'll you'll post you'll uh what was it you'll you'll gas them up yeah. you'll introduce them to your audience and then those people know them and everyone's like holy shit where's this guy been like this whole time well, and I got to feel like I was on a secret mission, too, because, like, you know, if you really look back at it, I was all over the damn place from 2018 on. If you really go through the promotions list, and I'm not saying it to be like, oh, look, he's booked at all the places. I'm saying it to be like, I've been in all of these different little scenes that fill the United States and fill parts of Canada and fill this continent and been able to see how they operate, see the people who are getting seen there, and to now have the clout and the motion to be able to put those people who I've seen and seen in person and seen them captivate audiences when they've had those chances, to put them in bigger roles where they're going to get seen on bigger pay-per-views and they're going to get seen by GCWs. You know, and you look at the GCW roster, 
I mean, the biggest problem we have with the roster now is everybody's going to sign everybody up. You know what I mean? We have mm-hmm. to keep bringing the heat and bringing the fire because as soon as somebody sees you on the GCW show, so we know we're putting people in these positions of responsibility within the industry. And like to see that pay off after going to these small scenes and having these small scenes take the risk of bringing in a dude who's not signed to a TV company who didn't work for WWE, who didn't do this, based on kind of this new internet, what's getting over and what buzzes outside of the realm of what is the mainstream for wrestling it's it's the payback of the risk they took on me too of saying let's elevate your scene too because like when you get somebody on one of these shows and they go back they're probably going to draw better locally a little bit too and that's like keeping the health of the scene since i'm not going anywhere like i've made it very visible that i'm staying on the independence i'm an independent slut i don't give a damn uh I would like longevity for our scene and healthiness for our scene and the right people working where I'm not having to go, you know, that'd be a great payday, but the management there is really sketchy or they did this or did that, where we can build a healthy scene where like I can have paydays for the next 15 years and not think about having to rebuild all the time and putting people in positions now. It's like, I'm making the long play, bro. Like I'm here to stick around and do some wrestling. Well, that that's what's so good about the independent scene now. I mean, you, you hear, you know, older wrestling people say oh it's a shame there's no territories left right because you know they're coming out of this factory they all look a little the same they talk the same um but the magic of like independent wrestling is it's like the territory on steroids like for instance you, you can't do a wrestling show you can go on twitch you can work on your character in the but in the same way that maybe like a dave batista wouldn't go in character on his twitch and engage with the fans because why would he right but um, yeah, I, I just like the fact that like um, you can bank on someone that maybe not is not a known quantity nationally, right? But then they still have that territory experience where they you know the cream rises to the top and uh, they'll take the chance and uh, run with it. Well, it's like you've you said before, Effie. Like Vince McMahon clearly has a type. He does. Yes. Yeah, bro. If you undercut and have dark hair and that like thin little beard thing mm-hmm. going. You're in, dude. Like he's like, but also what I've noticed is Hunter, my good my good friend Hunter down there. I only call him my good friend because we have the same coffee order. We we both get a Trenta Black Ice coffee with two extra shots of espresso, no sweetener, no creamer, and I just assume we would get along because of that and because that boy likes taking pictures pointing at twinks he has found inside. <laughs> You look, the, his Instagram is just him posing in a suit with the next twink he's found who can do a flip. And I'm like, the only other person who would be excited about booking twinks is me, Hunter. <laughs> what are we doing? You know, let's figure this out. I don't want to work for you. I don't want to work with you. But I'm sure we could enjoy like doing a pay-per-view watch along and we could probably figure out how to move the business forward without the help of the Saudis. I think that would be a fun <laughs> friends dinner kind of event. Oh, God. Can you imagine the numbers you would do on Twitch? If Dude. I asked Andrew Yang to come talk shit with me on my Twitch. Really? Yeah, his his assistant was like, we'll ask, but they didn't, you know, like, he's not going to do it. But I was like, if you really want to hear some independent contractor information, mm-hmm. my tongue is wide open. Let's talk. We, we reached out to Andrew Yang, too. Yeah, but we he didn't. didn't. Get- Everybody wants to talk to the gangster because yeah. he was the only one that was talking a little bit of shit about what was going on. Well, he really had the balls to just really stick it to someone by name. Yo, we also tried to get Joe Exotic on the show. Bro, from yeah. prison? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wrote a physical letter to him. He was in like uh, their medical ward because he was afraid of COVID. And so I found out where he was and his inmate number. And I did all the stuff and didn't get a reply back. Damn, dude. I bet he gets a lot of fan mail, though. Pro- probably. Probably. I mean, that's always like 
it's, it's kind of like you mentioned, like you find, like you find people that again, the the general audience doesn't know of, but then once they're introduced to you, they're just like, oh wow, this person's pretty cool. And I think even with like podcasting a bit, like that's kind of like with us, where like since day one, like my one goal was like I really want to get Kevin Smith on here, and then thirteen episodes got him. So I was like, you gotta have new goals. I was like, well, from here on, I'm like, I just like I want people to listen to like me talking to my friends, you know, to to an Effie, to a Trevor Outlaw, and just be like, man, that person's like pretty fucking cool, and like to a lesser extent because we're not booking these people on all these podcasts or they're not getting podcast bookings from being on ours. Like that is a good feeling when someone's like, where's this fuck, where's this person been this whole time? I never knew. And you know, you have like, you have like a little part in just introducing them. Introducing a little them. bit of that story, you know? Exactly. I got to stop you though. Cause as soon as you brought up Joe exotic, all I could think was, and this is a warning to me and to Hunter, to my friend, Hunter, Hunter, Joe Exotic is what happens when you love the Twinks too much, okay? <laughs> There's a limit, all right? You can't cage him up at your tiger farm. You can't give him drugs. You can't... There's a lot of things that he did that we need to not do with the Twinks that we have responsibility over. We can love the Twinks, but we need to book them responsibly and give them real storylines and give them stuff that is going to elevate them, okay? We have a responsibility, Hunter. Don't become the next Joe Exotic. There's a chance, he likes sledgehammers too, you know. Like it's a there's a chance. They both have that fun mustache. Oh, dude! <laughs> sometimes, sometimes he has the mustache. Have there is now I can't stop thinking of comparisons between Triple H and Joe Exotic. Well, yeah, and Triple H isn't going to have a match at Mania this year uh, or last year because he said he, if he couldn't spit the water, then he didn't even need to be there. And they said COVID, you can't spit water, brother. There was some. I remember Lance Archer used to spit his water out too. I heard that he's you know we have to have a real conversation in wrestling because we don't pay enough attention and no offense to Lance Archer but Lance Archer is a seven foot man with a red weave braid in his hair and as as adults we should go like is this the best presentation of badassery like if I'm a grown man and I just got off my shift and I got home I crack a Miller light I turn on the TV and I'm like damn that dude's seven feet tall and then he whips his beautiful red weave (laughs) braid around I'm like something's not right here like wrestling has this filter where we're like we're okay with floor length vinyl jackets and red weave braids and pretty awful fashion choices i was i was saying that at the at the office because like i was like i'm not the biggest lance archer fan and everyone's like why not he's so awesome i was like yeah he's cool and he's mean looking but i can't imagine him sitting in a salon chair getting his red hair (laughs) sewn into his his mohawk braid Yeah. And it's so long and it's beautiful. It's it looks like something that oh, would be. Oh, he paid um, for that hair. It's yeah, probably human hair. Yeah. So, I mean, but, I like I can't appreciate like I like like I'm a big fan of uh, of Walter, and like part of it is just he's just this giant Austrian man that there there by no means there's nothing special about him. He just comes yeah. out in his black right, trunks. To counterpoint your love of that part of Walter, I took my drag queen friend to see Bloodsport, and she loved it, but. He walked out and she goes, is this man dressed up in a baby's diaper? Is this a baby? Is he happy Mr. New Year? And we oft, as wrestling fans and as nerds who want to know all the details, forget that sometimes the average consumer, it doesn't necessarily translate the way we think it does. And the drag queen who paid for the ticket says, is that a giant baby man? And you just go, you're looking around and you're going, they don't have ropes and they're doing these hardcore matches or so much grappling. And all she can think is, look at this diaper baby man coming out. And I'm going like, this is the most vicious Austrian man in the world. I have your thought of like, he's just going to destroy people. Maybe that's just a lack of education though. But that that's what I love though about like wrestling. Cause think about it with, with wrestling in general. Like 
I, I always talk like I come in at 2004. So there is all this history of stuff that I'm unaware of. Like I am discovering the undertaker Kane, like all these people for the first time. And there's like that thing of like, all right, uh, the undead magician, uh, killed his brother by trying to set him on fire. Um, and they've subsequently made up and he has not been arrested despite him confessing to trying to murder this man numerous times. And I'm, and I'm, I just have to be like, okay. And they're, teaming up against the olympian and the wall street guy that comes out yeah he wants you to pay your taxes yeah i'm like this is just okay and (laughs) that reminds me like when i was younger i was watching wwf saturday or superstars on saturday and they had a match with the undertaker and the berserker and he's walking around going huss huss and like the undertaker's doing his zombie thing and then the berserker tried to stab him with a sword and it went through the ring and i was like this is so awesome And my uncle's like is that a zombie fighting a modern day viking with a sword <laughs> in a ring full of children you know with children watching they I was call like, our shit hokey brother yeah. come on outlaw yeah. mud shows over there yeah and that's why like whenever it is all like the old timers just complain i'm like just they listen yeah they, oh, these they just need to be heard that's it's a bigger problem in america of nobody listens to each other and that's why these old vets get so tawdry is because they had a little spotlight for a minute and now nobody cares because they were mid carters mm-hmm. at best and they to be heard they have to speak up you know in a negative voice because people can always hear a negative voice they don't always hear positive when normal conversations are happening and so they figured that out they go we can get attention again we'll sell eight by tens to the angry people we'll make fun of this shit and tell them they all suck but really like go watch their matches it was a lot of dog shit yeah. for a long time yeah. Well, and a few it. occasional gems, dude. Bret Hart was was just as much a fan of juxtaposition as Effie because, you know, like look at look at that like eighty eight to ninety one period. Dog, the work rate wasn't there, so of course it looked incredible. Yeah, well, like Berto and I were just talking about it. He's not a big fan of the Attitude Era, um, the Boomer Era. <laughs> but oh, yeah. like, really, like if you look at some of the wrestling, it, it was suspect. But um, you know, you look you. I don't want to name names, but like Jim Cornette will always talk about. You know, all these guys flipping around, it's unrealistic. But then you look at all the people he champions, and they were all dad bods that were at the barbecue, like, half-assing all their matches. And then, you know, this is the same guy that thought the boogeyman was, like, a credible thing and got mad because Santino was laughing at it and slapped him. You know what I mean? It's like, don't, like, don't champion some stuff that doesn't age well. And then you got all these really great athletes busting their asses and putting their bodies on the line in a way that, old timers rarely did and just trash it yeah it's it's tough but you know you know he'll get it he'll sell his little eight by tens but eventually it eats itself you know like it's it's gonna eat itself it's a dwindling game he only gets louder because the dwindle he needs to reach a little more he's louder he reaches a little more so it's like you know like a coyote after you stop letting it into the feed yard hadn't had a chicken in a few months and it's just withered out there on the outside of the fence and you go you can't come into the convention sir and he goes why and you go because there's nine guys in there they said they're going to beat the shit out of you and they don't care that you say it's a work and you dance around with your paddle no one cares they're going to beat your ass and he just has to sit there and starve it'll be fun okay that that'll be the best we, we it's funny like you bring that up at conventions me and Dave are just talking. We recorded a podcast earlier in the week um, and talked. It was mostly based around uh, Jason David Frank, who played Tommy, one of the Power Rangers. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh, I'm very familiar. Where he got into a fight with Jean-Claude Van Damme at a Comic-Con in Mexico. Oh, God. Yeah. So it, I didn't know about this. this so is... it, it stemmed. 
it stemmed from uh was it john claude van damme said some shit to him at the power rangers movie premiere in 95 and they just they had a beef since then so they're at this con together and uh one of the one of the persons is like hey is it okay if jean claude van damme and his 20 person entourage share the green room with you and he's like whatever that's fine like i'll be an adult sure uh jean-claude van damme's like handler comes over and he's like hey uh you know he wants to take a picture with you wants to just bury the hatchet all right of course cool we're adults so he goes over there jason david frank and jean-claude van damme has like a film crew filming and he's trying to just like punk him out call him out like and you know he demanded an apology demands an apology and it ends with uh Jason David Frank grabbing them, like them agreeing to fight. They're like, fine, we'll have like an MMA style fight. Oh my God. Jason David Frank grabs him and throws him up against the wall. And uh, then Jean Claude Van Damme, like, clearly real, quickly realizes this, like, three time black belt was serious and is going to beat the shit out of him and just, like, stops right there. And that's one of those things where, like, you kind of mentioned there's, like, these old timers that just love to talk shit because yeah. they, they don't think anyone's going to do anything about it. But you talk shit to the wrong fucking person and you're going to get your ass kicked backstage at like a Comic-Con in Mexico. Yeah, I would say my most right-wing conservative view is that everybody should get punched in the face one time Mm -hmm. just in their life. Because like once you understand true consequence, which like just getting punched really hard to where it knocks you out for a second – that's a that's enough of a consequence to where you start you start making better decisions pretty immediately. Yeah, there's like a lot of a lot of people that like I kind of grew up with that were like that where it's like, "Oh, you probably should have gotten like and you see them now on Facebook and you're like, "Oh, you're just like a garbage human now cuz like they never grow out of it." Yeah. Never grow out of it and they just have that mentality of like they can say and do whatever they want to and they'll get away with it because no one's going to do anything about it and it's like oh man like i probably should have like beat the shit out of you in high school just so like you know like you mentioned to set you straight set you straight set you straight we're gonna just come through i'm gonna punch you if you want it it's fully you gotta agree to it well that's the next there should be a shirt effie will set you straight (laughs) yeah punch or the next thing like uh post covid at the gimmick stand people can just come up get punched in the face by you I mean, yeah, I, I like the, because that's 100% profit, you know, like, I I guess my, I could count my labor as a cost effect, mm-hmm. but I like, I like uh, the photo shoots, I like the come take a picture, I don't like charging for pictures in regular settings, but like, I did one where you can get in the ring with me, and you just gotta put some money down my pants, and people are trying to, you know, grab the gym, but it's, uh, it was worth the risk, man, I mean, 50 bucks is 50 bucks. Uh, we see that. <laughs> that's another thing that I like about you is like how, how close you are with your fans. Um, like someone I know, Felicia, uh, on Twitter, Feli or Feli, yeah, like she, that's someone when like, she is never not tweeting about you, talking about you, retweeting and like reposting well, your yeah, stuff. Yeah. Number one, you got to give them something to talk about. So it, you got to constantly be true. bringing mm-hmm. the heat, but it's like, and it's one of those things where like, I'm, like I see you interact with your fans and it's never like in a shitty way. I mean, I guess unless someone's being shitty to you, but I mean, again, personally, I've never seen anyone like tweet some, but like I think of it this way. And this is like not to take away from the genuine friendship of meeting people. And I really enjoy do like meeting all these crazy wild people, but we're living in a constant state of a GoFundMe. My career is built on a constant state of a GoFundMe, which is 
people are constantly giving little bits of their money and that combined effort of that, of you coming to see me, paying to watch me on wrestling, giving me money on Twitch, whatever it is, buying a shirt, all of these things combined of you participating in the GoFundMe that is Effie lets me exist. So it's like, I don't even think of it as like, oh, these fans are here to see me. It's like, yo, these people allow me to be this reckless, wild asshole. And as long as I can provide something of note or something of reward or make sure they're getting their money's worth, then they will continue to come back to that. And so it's like, Fans is such a weird word, and I'm not. I'm really not trying to like give the PR spin of like we don't have fans, we have supporters. But it is like it really is that because like on our scale, if people start turning away from you or you're not giving them, you know, what their expectation is, they, it's not going to have longevity at all. No, I, I get what you mean. Like I also kind of feel like weird about using the word like the word fan. No, yeah, I mean like yeah. it's a generalized term. Like we mean nothing demeaning by it. Mm-hmm. But I'm a fan sometimes, dude. Like I, I'll pay to go to shows. You know, I took a booking in Alabama and missed a Rufus Wainwright concert one time. I was so pissed. Third row, the only time he was coming to Florida, and I was like, I got to go take my booking. I just wanted to be a fan that night. See, I remember before we met, there was, uh, fuck, what, what was the, the AEW show in Vegas, the first one? Double or Nothing. Uh, double or Nothing. I remember you were sitting like not that far from us, and I was like texting Matt Nix. I was like, if he's here. And he was like, you should just go say hi to him. And I was like, no, I'm like, no, I'm like, I, I, I like, I don't want to, I don't want to disturb him. I'm like, he's, you know, like you're fine. He's being a fan. Yeah. I Dude, want- that one, there was one show that I was like really on hard cam for, but I looked really creepy and I was really excited that I was like only recognizable if you really knew who I was, but otherwise was just like in a shaman's cloak, like standing in the corner. <laughs> Might've been the one. I don't know. I was trying to look a little creepy. I thought it would be funny. Like, my, a, like a fun Easter my, egg. I'm like, is that, is he, what is, what's happening here? It might have been, it might have been that one. I'm not, I'm not sure. I went to one show with Mance Warner too, but we sat in the section that's not on camera, which was the right idea because us two sitting together getting rowdy over wrestling would have been very visible on screen. See, I always like, cause with some, if we're at an AW show, like odds are we're sitting like in the front, like, there's a famous picture of like when Moxley shows up, jumps over the thing. Yeah. Me and Stank, because like we knew he was going to be there. Ten to be. Whereas like, oh. we're at fuck. We're on a twelve out of ten just because we knew that's. You knew what, the photo ops were going to be hot right there. And it, it is always one of those things where I always feel bad when because like de- depending on what's going on, I will either sit there and treat it like I'm at the opera, or I'll fucking sit there and just be the rowdy like twelve year old that I used to be watching this shit. And I hate sometimes where like the cameras just sitting there in my face and I'm like. All right, like this match sucks, but I'll just be like, yeah, I'm like, come on, Kip Sabian, let's go, you know, or just like whatever random thing is going on. And then just like they stay there, and I'm like, all right, come on, you got to wonder, are they cut to me right now, or are they just waiting for the producer? Yeah, Yeah. you never know when it's going to be cut to you. I knew one time now, this is, it's a little tough to talk about because culturally I've grown as a person, and I would no longer wear dashikis as a fashion choice based on my conversations with other people. Uh, But I was wearing a dashiki at WrestleMania 30. And if you go back and watch the footage of that Undertaker match, me and my friend Jennings were very obviously, we knew that camera was on us. And we go bananas ape shit when Undertaker loses. And then they ended up using that footage in Total Divas, where Um. the girls are talking about, it's so tough to go on. Like, Undertaker's just lost. Like, this is the worst moment of our careers. No one cares. Everyone's freaking out. And it's like cutting to footage of me in a dashiki going like, "What's happening? I don't. This is confusing." So that's there on the network, pal. I made it to the network. 
I mean, it might not be after Peacock gets a hold of it. You know, Peacock might go, you know, the bald white guy in a dashiki might not be right to show. inappropriate, yeah. Uh, So, like, aside from wrestling and stuff, like, I know you're a big movie buff. Like, movie theaters are somewhat starting to to open back up. Like, in our first conversation, you talked about taking full advantage of that, like, AMC movie pass. Bro, like, we talked about, I saw Tenet three times, and thank God, like, the HBO thing has been great because I get the HBO Max and I can watch the movies at my house. But, like, I'm a theater guy. Now, Pero went and flexed on me, and he rented out because AMC, nobody was coming. So, like, you can rent a theater. We were going to show it anyway. But you got to pay, like, 250 and he did it as a big Valentine's date night. And AJ, my boyfriend, was like, oh, I want to – that would be cool. That would be great. So – I found a showing in IMAX of that new Disney movie about the dragons mm. and no one was in it. And I was like, I got us our own theater. And it was just us in there. I was like, I really hope nobody else walks in. So he thought it was a private showing. And this has been a lovely advantage. You know, what you I mean? should just like lock the door behind you. Yeah. Just nobody come in. We're watching Pixar. But that way, you know, you can just vape in the theater and nobody bothers you. Yeah, when I like when I worked at the movies, I, it was between like sixteen and eighteen. There was always that. Like sometimes it would be like a ten o'clock showing of, uh, which is funny enough. It's how I found out my history teacher was gay, uh, Mr. Jones. Rest in peace. Now he oh, went. Man. There was that Christina Aguilera movie where she was like a, a some sort of like go-go dancer or something or. Uh, Fuck, and or maybe not. She was some. Was it the one with Cher? Yeah, the one burlesque, with Cher. Burlesque. Bro? There you go. It Matt, rules, you go, go. bro. Burlesque so, rules. I'm I, also gay. I'm. Uh, <laughs> it was like a 10 a.m. showing on like a Saturday, and um, he comes out holding hands with his husband, and I'm just like, oh hey, what's up, Mr. Jones? And he just looks at me, and goes, Alberto, I'm gay. Oh and I, re- he go, I was like, oh, okay. Did you enjoy the show? He goes, yes, it was, a, it was a very good show. He was like an older white man. I love that. And I was just like, all right, well, you have fun, Mr. Jones. And it was just like one of those like random experiences. Vince Vaughn would also go into that theater and watch his movies. Vince Vaughn watches his own movies? Yeah. I'm he, disgusted. Gross. Yeah, he would <laughs> He would come in because I guess he, I mean, I guess he lives in the city. Um, and yeah, there was like, what, there was like a th- three or four like, movies that came out one specific year where he was in them and he would just show up it but it would be on like a random oh, man. a random like wednesday night when nobody's fucking there he would just show up and we'd be Vince. like like over the we're like Vince Vaughn is here and then people would just like oh is there anything we like not being cool about it either yeah. like just letting him enjoy it where everyone's like he's in he's in Vince tour. Vaughn was probably so stoned going to watch his movies would that not be a trip, though? I hear, I hear a lot of the actors, and they're like, I don't watch my movies, you know? And I'm yeah, sort of that camp, that. because, like, you lived it. Like, you filmed every scene and every take. You know, you know they're going to edit it to be what it is, but I kind of get it. You know, you don't need to stare at it. But Vince is like, hey, what do I have to do today besides have millions of dollars? Let me go look at myself for three hours? <laughs> Can you imagine you're in a movie theater watching, like, a Vince Vaughn movie, and you just by chance, like, look over, and he's fucking sitting right there? Because you know there's going to be that, like... laughing at himself? Like, ha that was good. Well, there's going to be, like, that minute or two of, like, that's not... But that's, like, the version of the Bill Murray story where he always shows up at the opportune time. But it's, like, the one you don't want to talk about where you're, like, hey, guys, something happened the other day, and I don't know if I should tell someone. And you're, like, well, what happened? And it's, like, well, we went to see that Vince Vaughn movie. And they're, like, oh, yeah, it's pretty funny, right? And they're, like, yeah, but Vince Vaughn was there. And you're, like, no, we don't talk about that. Like, don't <laughs> bring that up. You don't ever need to mention that you even saw him in person. He only exists on the screen. There's always those legends of like Bill Murray doing that kind of shit, but I feel like Tony Hawk is the one that's actually doing that because like I. But no, see, here's where I disagree because Tony perpetuates his own stories all the time. He Tony's always got a twist.
tweet about somebody didn't know I was Tony Hawk. He does it all the time. And now I start to think, is he like one of those weird dudes who's just like in the corner, like, wouldn't it be funny if they thought if they didn't know I was Tony Hawk when I went up there? And he's like, let me craft a tweet. And so I'm skeptical fully of Tony Hawk. And a lot of his Tony Hawk stories have come with the release of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 re-release. And is now coming along with the PS5 version, which is at 60 frames a second. Of course people know who Tony Hawk is. He's playing us. Mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder and everybody. Oh man, I guess now I gotta look. Employee. Yeah, now I gotta look at these tweets differently. Check the tweets, dude. I think it's like like I'm sort of queuing on about Tony Hawk. <laughs> you know what's going on in the half pipe? I don't know. Well, okay, I mean as as long as it's, right as long as it's like queuing on about that and not like all that like Drake younger shit. That's fine, dude. That's that's we. Me and Mans Warner are like two minutes away from getting funding from Dateline to just go uncover Florida wrestling because I feel like we've got six or seven seasons of Dateline NBC of just going through Florida wrestling and figuring that out. Like at some point, that's gonna like that's gonna be a thing, right? Maybe like, dude, I think there's gonna be bodies involved. Like I've already thought about like what I'm gonna have to say in some of these podcasts when they come to me because like I was briefly like in Florida around the same scene and I think there's bodies, dude. Did this just get real? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'll claim it. My my jaw just dropped dude, right I'm now. I'm gonna show you. I can't say any more, but I'm gonna show y'all a DM when I get off the air with you here, and you're gonna go, bro. That's the most weird, fucked up, out of the blue, unexpected, strange thing I've ever read. Well, well, we're wrapping up right now. Guys. No, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, uh, so, it's weird. Uh, well, let's just bring it back to movies, away from the oh, Q yeah, and yeah, stuff. Movies, <laughs> so, what, what, what's been like movies or TV? What's been keeping you busy? Like, have you been? Do you watch Snyder Cut yet, or what? Bro, we watched the Snyder Cut, and I can't even remember anything that happened in that movie. It felt like, honestly, and I'm like, I'm a big Werner Herzog fan, so sometimes I'll watch things that are supposed to be serious with just that hint of like that. Just the driest. Batman and Superman were fighting. It felt like Batman's plans were failing right in front of him. (laughs) And he was watching his friendships crumble around his superpowers. I just was watching Batman that whole movie. And it just felt like I couldn't see past sad Ben Affleck. Mm -hmm. Like genuinely, he seemed sad in almost every scene about everything. And there was like a moment, I think, where he gets hype about something. And then it's immediately cut off. And I was like, they have to know how funny it is that Batman keeps looking like such a loser dick this whole time. Boy, I guess that's why he didn't do like his Batman movie because he had he said the whole thing was full of problems yeah that it was just it was a headache from beginning to end his friend was like you're going to kill yourself like if you keep like putting all the stress which it sucks like I I think he's a good Batman like he looks you know he looks cool looks the part but it's got a cool suit but you know like I want to see I want to see weird ass Pattinson in that role like I'm ready for that one to Mm -hmm. drop I need that you know, like I'm a I'm a big Pattinson fan. Like he's the one. Twilight, everybody that's the Twilight's the the misdirect, but everything else that man does is genius. Did you see that movie he did with the Safety brothers? Oh, of course. I've I've still not seen that one. I know it's on Netflix. Bro, that movie is a panic attack. All the Safety brothers movies are two hour panic attacks of just your skin shaking the whole time. And it's great. One time I got here to Chicago to a freelance show early, and I had already seen Uncut Gems like three times. And there's that little theater right next to mm-hmm. Logan Square, and I was like, let's go. I rolled in. I was like, can I bring my suitcase? She was like, what's in there? And I was like, wrestling gear. And she's like, just don't, don't make a mess. And I was just in there. I, I love sitting through that anxiety because it, at least when I get out of it, I'm like, oh, well, my life is not that anxious. You know? He's incredible. Pattinson. Those accents. Yeah, I know. Well, like Dave, he's the big Batman fan here in the room. Like, 
I, I I'm sure we've talked about it. Yeah, like with Brad Pants, and that's the one thing where it's like, um, oh, he was in Twilight, and I'm like, who fucking cares? Who like, cares? well, yeah, I will say, I, admittedly, I w- I was one of those people, but my wife is so into Twi- like all the books and all the movies, so I've seen, I think it's like five of them. I've seen all five of them like eleven times with my wife, and then I started to grow an appreciation of it, like. There's always that, like, even when I was younger, people were like, oh, new kids on the block, fuck those guys. But it's like, you would do the exact same thing as a bro dude. Like, if if someone's like, oh, go on tour, do a little dance, sing a little bit, and you'll have all these women throwing themselves at you, and you'll be a millionaire. Everyone would do it. But, yeah, like, watching watching him in all the Twilight movies, and then all the stuff he did afterwards. Um, like, what's that movie where The he, Lighthouse? Huh? Oh, bro. No, he was a pastor... What Tom Holland was in it, I think it was yeah, Cherry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh no, it wasn't Cherry, but I know what you're talking about. It was one of those streaming ones, and it was like real, like set in the 1800s ish, a little. Yeah, I don't know the name of it. I can't remember the name, but, but I saw the movie. He, he plays a pastor mm-hmm. that ends up tricking Tom Holland's sister into like having sex with him, and then she gets pregnant. I'm spoiling up the whole movie. A pastor and would then, never do such. And thing. then she kills herself, and then he's like, "It wasn't my problem. She was full of the devil." But like, he played such a good pastor, and I'm like, everyone's giving this guy. Such a hard time. It's the same thing with Heath Ledger. Everyone's like the Joker, ugh. But he was fucking. He was fantastic. too good at it. We learned yeah. later. He was a little so, too good at going to that place. Yeah, I, I'm on board with our pets. Yeah, and I it, I think it's gonna be some Calendar Man. I think it's gonna be some dark stuff. I want the darkness. Um, I gotta say though, the movie this year that's like stuck in my brain and I can't stop thinking about it is Sound of Metal. Did you guys see? Sound I've of not Metal? watched it. I know it's uh, it's on Amazon. <sighs> it's on Amazon Prime. It is very low budget, I'm pretty sure, but like the sound editing is incredible. And it's sort of like as a wrestler who puts his physical body on the line to pay his bills, uh, the precariousness of having your art taken away from you that fast with no other option, like seeing how humans react to that, it's it's a nuts movie and it just like rips at you. Well what is the plot is well he's like he's losing his he's hearing. He's a metal drummer and he immediately loses his hearing in the middle of a concert. Ugh. That would suck. And his whole life just collapses. That's got Riz, like Riz Ahmed is in there. Right? Yeah. yeah. And sort of like you go, well, isn't it the story about like growing and understanding and like learning your new self? And it's sort of like, no, the humans don't normally do that. That's a movie fantasy. What humans normally do is panic and do anything they can to stay the same they were. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's a struggle to watch through. I think maybe, I don't know, maybe more so for me as like an artist person who like knows that like, like it's the same thing as like, they go chop my legs off in a week, you know, like, hey, we have a rare blood clot. We got to take the legs like, yeah, cool. I'll get back on Twitch. But like the wrestling plays into the Twitch and the wrestling plays into the merch and the appearances on that level play into everything. When it's that precarious, it's a little scary. So it's, mm-hmm. it was uh, it's sort of a big, it was right in my fucking face. You know what yeah. I mean? No, I'll definitely check it out because there's. I was actually I was rewatching Creed the other day, and there's a little bit of that with Tessa yes. Thompson's character where she's like, "I'm going deaf. I want to record all the music right. that I can now mm-hmm. when I can actually hear." It. And there is something to that where it's like, uh, you like even now, like the whole the whole storyline they have, like uh, will kind of bring you a little back to wrestling. Is like, hey, Daniel Bryan and Edge were forced to retire. Now, ten years later, whatever the fuck it is, they're like wrestling, and it is like something where you gotta kind of just sit there and like, oh yeah, like. There are sometimes like you sometimes just gets like if you were in the middle of a drawing and they were like Dave, stop designing that. You're never you can't ever do this again. Yeah. And then like ten years later, some doctors like, hey, I fucking I got some weird shit I can shoot up into you, and, and you you'll just, be better than ever. Yeah. yeah. Like that is 
That is a good Listen, story. dude, I'd go to South America too, man. There's a reason Ken Shamrock can lift his hands above his shoulders now. Well, it's like Rey Mysterio. He has he has new knees. Bro, I want I want listen, the, the game has changed and there's some new techniques out there that not everybody's being real public and open about. It's like when plastic surgery first started and nobody wanted to say they were getting anything. There's some miracle shit happening. Uh, that legally in the U.S. we cannot get done that is saving a lot of athletes, and I hope it's the next wave, man. Uh, Ken Shamrock's in better shape than he was in the 90s, dude, because he's physically can actually move his body now. His spine is not ruined. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw... Well, not, like, with the last impact, like, match that he had or whatever it was, was he, like, it was him without a shirt on, and I was just like, why, like... Why do you look like that? Yeah. Like you look amazing. Like I mean, he he looks great, but it's just like one of those things where I'm like, you. There are other men of your age right now just looking down at their like dad guts and just shaking their heads. Yeah, I mean, dude, or even dead. Like he's like 65, dude. Like he's an old man. I mean, same same thing with like Sylvester Stallone. He you know he's he's very open about human growth hormone and stuff, and just like he's like my quality of life so much better. Uh, I can work out harder than I ever did, and you know, you see stuff like that. Even you know, piece of shit Mel Gibson was talking about getting like stem cells injected into him. Yeah, and, the know. stem cell thing is huge, especially yeah. with the spinal stuff now. Yeah. You mentioned Sly. Um, I guess I did kind of too talking about Creed. Did you guys watch <laughs> Suicide the uh, Squad? Suicide Squad trailer? Oh, dude, I'm obsessed because it's what the first movie should have been, yep. dude. Mm-hmm. Like you can't let the hot topic kid book the Suicide no. Squad because he was just like. It was not. It was just too. Joker gets face already. tattoos that say "damage." Yeah, bro. bro. Like it was just. It was too much. And this is that goofiness that I think they were like, "Oh, this worked for like the kind of Guardians of the Galaxy and introducing mm-hmm. these lesser-known characters." And I think they saw the success with that cartoon. Like, let's talk about King Shark for a second. Mm-hmm. That's what they call him, right? King mm-hmm. Shark. King I'm Shark. Saying, yeah. Right. Uh, Funch has killed that role on the cartoon. Like just killed it so it's cool to see sylvester sloan doing it and making it more brutal than that but like having that sort of affection to this brutal of a character being just this kind of regular soft-spoken i'm king shark like that's what i do it was there was a beautiful juxtaposition to that but i think they're keeping that wacky spirit to it especially with as much as they were featuring like polka dot man like come on it's gonna be weird and starro yeah well that's starro that's the thing where like i've like I love that about James Gunn that he's for all intents and purposes he's someone that came from like that trauma like he he worked the trauma in them and it's just like worked his way up to where like he would he used to just write scripts like uh, there's the Zack Snyder um, the Land of the Dead or the zombie one that he did and everyone always gives credit to Zack Snyder like that one's fucking awesome like it's not like his other ones and you're like yeah but he didn't fucking write it like James Gunn wrote it mm-hmm. and like even some of his like some of his stuff like it's good and now i feel like he's at a point where he like everything he does is almost just like it's fantastic like the guardian movies are great and this one very much it's in that same wheelhouse like i know i saw it and i was just like fuck yeah because i've talked to lengths about how you watch that uh ballroom blitz trailer from the first suicide squad and i'm like this is going to be the fucking best thing ever and then and then it's it's a mess but that i mean let's really bring it back to wrestling you can add as much budget and explosion Mm -hmm. and crazy and entrance and superstars and celebrities but literally visuals are built off of the writing like 
the way you write a script is going to influence exactly how it's going to be displayed and viewed and the humor of that and the story of that and the drama of that. So it's like if we have this schlocky, like regular action movie writing, like of course it's going to be like no matter how beautiful and 4K and crazy, it's going to feel like a B movie because there's just nothing to hold on to. But when the stuff has that grip and that story, even when it's lower budget, people are like, this is the shit because things have depth and they can hold on to it instead of just the slipperiness of just saying, oh, well, I have a huge budget. When you go into these movies and you're like, well, we have $400 million. We can make any alien we want. How could we fail? It's like, because nothing makes sense and nobody matters. And it was just things for things sake. So like, I want to see, I want to see the emotional development. What? Like, I was just I was just listening to something with Kevin Smith where he was talking about like chasing Amy because it's like the like twenty fifth anniversary or something like that, and um, that was the thing like the wine scenes were like oh we'll give you twenty five million or whatever but it needs to have like these people in it and he was just like that's not my movie he's like no he's like how about we do it with my friends for this much and then like ultimately they give him practically nothing i think they give him like a quarter of a million dollars to like do the movie and that's like one of his like more revered films that people talk about like you know like with kevin smith i'm like i love the guy but there are like some films where like you bring him up like i know recently there was like a whole discourse on twitter over like tusk have you seen tusk love tusk Mm -hmm. i like i love tusk but there there is a section of people who are just like no like that's a that's a kevin smith film like i don't want to watch that and I'm like, it's a, like it's a good movie. Like Jane Silent Bob don't fucking show up and start jerking off the walrus. Like it is. Like, that would be an interesting yeah. twist. God, yeah. that that would that be has amazing. To happen in a future movie. But it, that's one of those things where it's like, all right, this guy's like, even he did uh, Red State. I don't know if you've ever seen Red yeah, State. Yeah, I saw it, bro. I, I've seen him. Yeah, I'm a and film it, bro. And I've it, seen them all. It's like it's one of those things where like there's other things like that these people do because sometimes you do get pigeonholed as like, oh they only make these kinds of movies. And I think that's always interesting when they're like, oh yeah, check this out, motherfucker. Cause like Dude, Red State was fucked up. Now you got me thinking about John Goodman, bro. God damn. Yeah, that one. Well, did you ever hear like the original ending that he intended for that? Wasn't he just going to bring hell back or something? So the, the movie it's, what is that? They're, it's basically, uh, the Westboro Baptist church, right. John Goodman. Uh, he's a cop going, you know, there's a giant shootout the the ending michael parks cuts this giant speech about like god's gonna punish you and all this stuff and you hear these horns and they're all in the impression like oh these are gabriel's horns the the four horsemen of the apocalypse are coming and like it cuts it just cuts to black and it's these people like interrogating john goodman they're like and what happens he goes nothing he goes it was the kids fucking with him we shot him and arrested him the original ending that he was going to have was the horns start going. Uh, Michael Parks is giving his speech. And then an angel comes and cuts him in half with the sword. John Goodman is covered in blood. The angel turns around and goes, shh, and leaves. But also with making this movie, he had no budget. Like they gave him no money to do this. I think he like self-financed most of it. So there was just oh. no room for that in the budget. And that was one of those things where I'm like, the movie ends. It ends good. I like it. But if you would have had Michael Parks cut in half by like an angel, yeah, just give that one moment of re—it's real, but they're wrong. Right. Would be hilarious. Yeah. Goddamn Hollywood. Have you have you by chance seen the movie Psycho Gorman? Oh yeah, dude, I'm a big Psycho Gorman fan. My uh, my friend who's also a shaman recommended it to me, so I did not think it was going to be what it was because mm-hmm. he's usually recommending things that are a little more of a spiritual edge. <laughs> 
But that shit ruled, man. Yeah. Psycho Goreman was... I think I rented it probably on Prime or something. I've, and it's worth every penny. Yeah, I've rented it now like three or four times. I have my Hunky Boy edition coming in the mail. Hunky Boy edition? Yeah. We, we actually, we interviewed the the director. Yeah. Um, he was doing like one of those like media things. So it was only like a quick like 10, 15 minute interview. But one of, my, one of the things that popped to me was that I got like I got a pop out of him because um, I compared it to Boogie Nights. Uh, in the sense that, like, yeah, he like, got the same reaction. Like, at the end of the movie, like, Mimi and Psycho Gorman, who are, for all intents and purposes, your two main characters, yeah. do not change. Yeah, like, nothing was learned. At, like, at all. Like, the only thing Mimi kind of changes is, like, she's a little nicer to her brother. And but not really. Not really, no. Like, and that's just, like, I love that, that aspect of there's all this crazy shit happening. And in a traditional Hollywood movie, Psycho Gorman, like saves the world or something you know and mimi becomes this better sibling and a better daughter whatever the case may be not at all like he's just like all right i won't kill you guys but i'm gonna fucking kill everybody everyone else and there's just there's such a charm about that you know well that's like what what effie said like you you could have a movie with a 500 million dollar budget and it would suck and it's not memorable and then you take something like psycho gore man and it sticks with you because like the best part of that movie isn't what was what cost the most money it was the heart of the movie it was the sensibility of the way the person wrote and like what they poured into it emotionally and then that pays off no matter how cheap your budget is oh 100 percent. yeah um we'll, we'll start just like wrap it up with um have you been watching any of like those uh disney plus uh marvel shows no truly i watched all of them my <laughs> boyfriend's a huge marvel fan and so i'm kind of pulled it i'm kind of roped into it mm-hmm. um but I enjoyed WandaVision because it was so weird. I loved seeing those first like two or three episodes where like they were clearly doing a real slow build and seeing people online be like, what the fuck is this show? And I was like, girl, they're taking you on a journey, girl. We're going on a right long... Here. Were you... Were you a- <laughs> no, so my, my problem with it was we... And I'll tell you off air, but we got smartened up to what the show was originally supposed to be. And some stuff that was supposed to happen. And well, we can't worry about the what if... Exactly. Well, I was in the impression this stuff is happening, not oh. that it wasn't happening. So I'm just like, okay, I'll appreciate the slow build because I know at the end of it, you know, this stuff is coming, and I'm just in there waiting. And I, I also did, I didn't like that like the episodes were like 27 minutes long. I'm like, give me, give me an hour. Yeah, that is sort of yeah. I mean, we're we're a little impatient. We want our story, but I feel like they went in it. It looked like a movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. They went for it, and I well, especially like with the last episode, it was one of those things where there was a lot of factors. Like, like specifically, the one thing that pissed me off was Elizabeth Olsen, like saying verbatim because people are like, she never said it. She says it verbatim in an interview. I, I have it. She <laughs> says, "There's a Luke Skywalker level cameo," and and we thought we knew what it was. Yeah, and it like it never came to fruition. And so it was just one of those things where I was like, I'm watching the last episode, and like I love shit. Like I love things about sadness and grief like i've watched blue valentine way too many times oh way more than i should have um but like i'm sitting there and i'm just waiting and i'm like looking at the clock and i'm like who is it supposed to be just fill the beans no oh, i had no idea who was i know but, who is supposed to be um it was it was supposed to be house of m is what they were supposed to do like this was supposed to be their vehicle to introduce the mutants like that was we were smarting up they're like that is what they're doing yeah. Yeah, but I think they probably saw that last X-Men movie they put out on Fox <laughs> and said, that was on not even a functional film. We can't, there's no money in this. No. 
probably. Oh, and, yeah. and Doctor Strange did, and well, they had Benedict Cumberbatch did film stuff as Doctor Strange, so he but, was supposed to show. But they didn't use it. Yeah. No, they didn't use it. Oh, um, but yeah, I do forget about that last. That last X Men movie was the last movie I went to go see in theaters. I saw it in a drive-in theater, and I just kept looking over at my boyfriend and going, "Is this a real movie?" <laughs> Is this a real, like, it felt like nothing was happening. There was no real plot to anything. It was just stuff. No, that, the biggest thing, the biggest problem that I had with that film was uh, the way they tried to tie it into, like, Logan. Because. it None of it worked. It no. was such a mess. Well, specifically because with, like, Logan, they're like, there's no more X-Men. They're all dead. And then in this one, they're all sitting around. They're like, what are you trying to be, like, the X-Men? And it's like, wait, but what and then they're like oh all these little kids were part of that like fucked up factory in mexico that they had and i'm just like all right i was like so are these the little kids that ran away at the end of logan or i don't know like i they knew all the magic skills they were trained and then it's their kids speaking of disney plus i was gonna watch uh falcon and winter soldier and then i didn't because the mighty ducks show came on See, I, I watched it. it. It's uh, I, my first complaint is this: I know alphabetically they put it correctly, but I think phonetically in the way you, your mouth works, it should be called Winter Soldier and the Falcon. But it's called Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Yeah, something like that, that. Sounds more complicated coming out of my mouth. Yeah, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the Winter Soldier and the Falcon, the Winter Soldier and the Falcon does sound. Yeah. And I get it, but I also it's. It's fine. I think they're slow, but this one's a little more like man emotional. I feel like yeah. John Cena was supposed to be a U.S. agent. Was he? He was Boy, supposed to be. Great. He was supposed to be U.S. agent, but dropped the role for uh, Peacemaker. Peacemaker and Peacemaker. Suicide Squad. Peacemaker. Well, I yeah. I mean, who's that guy? Isn't that Kurt Russell's son? Or yeah, yeah, Wyatt Russell. Yeah, I like Kurt Russell, but I don't know if I need to see anything his children are up to. Uh, I mean, his son was like good in. There's that episode of Black Mirror. There's like the video game one. He's in that one. Like it's with the kissing. No, no, not that one. There's it's it's like the only like straight up horror like episode mm. they have where he's it's like some sort of VR set. He puts it on and he's like in a haunted house. Oh yeah, he was in some other little movie too, but I'm not that worried about he, it. He has unfortunate ears for that helmet. It really makes him look dopey. I want them. I think they want him to look just like a yeah. complete dope in this thing. Yeah. I mean that's what that's think you watched the episode too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it. I mean he was a fucking yeah, night. that's kind of just how he was. He was fucking really like dopey and goofy in that. Yeah, he's a dork. Yeah. I did appreciate there was like the one scene where I was like they threw a little bit of like real life in it. And I think there was like a disclaimer about it too, where there's like the cops where the like Bucky and Sam are arguing. And they like show up and they're like, is this guy bothering you? And he's like, no. And I was like, that's fucked up. This guy saved the world. Yeah. Like, and he's still getting racially profiled. Racially targeted by these officers. I thought he was going to like beat up all the cops in the street and be like, learn your lesson. And everybody was going to cheer. Yeah. Hear it around the neighborhood. But it didn't happen that way. I mean, it, it should have. Like, I, I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, he's going to beat him up. Then the, the cranky old guy in the house would be like, all right, come over here. Let's fucking talk or something. I mean, it was the close. It was the closest to me that Marvel came to saying. No, oh. they harassed the black guy and then arrested the white guy because the white guy was in trouble. I mean, to me, this was the closest that they came to saying all cops are bastards. So this is so far it's been. Well, because, yeah, because they were like, he was like, you can work with me for America. And he was like, we don't work for America. We're free agents, bro. We're going to go save people. And I was like, okay, like, that's what's up. We got some like, mm-hmm. what do they call those people who are just always doing crimes for the government? But it's like kind of under the table. Uh 
Su- I know superheroes is one word, but like a uh, vigilante or no, no um, Co- like they're like contractors, sort of. Maybe that's the word. Well, but. he said, "I'm an independent contractor. I'm not gonna fucking." Yeah, he was like, "I, I don't." He's like, "I save people who I want to save, bro. I don't work for you." The president calls me for favors. Okay. <laughs> uh, Effie, uh, it was wonderful to have you on again. Like I mentioned, we love every time we get to talk to you, and this is our first time actually seeing you in person and in the studio. Yeah, in yeah. the studio. Um, I mentioned I have my uh, my Effie Award displayed proudly, you know, right there. Whenever I've got mine at my desk, it's a yeah. great conversation piece because it's very confusing when you see it at first, especially like you you you're doing me the great justice of putting it against a bunch of Funko Pops because it is it looks not like a Funko Pop at all, and so it's very it stands out very obviously. Well, I'm, it's literally like I, I told you guys. When usually whenever like I'll, I'll I'll bring someone over and show them, they're like, oh, looking at all, like, oh, look at your little toys, and like, oh, what's this? I'm like, oh, it's my uh, the only Brendan Fraser autographed mummy place that in existence. So like, oh wow, that's fucking weird. I'm like, yeah, you think that's weird? I'm like, you see above that? I'm like, that is my Effie Award for having the only autographed mummy place in existence. And then they're like, that's not a thing. And I, I ha- love that. I have like the actual the the award slip that came with it, and I'll be like, nope check it it's out a real certificate yeah it's authenticated and that's what seals the deal yeah that's usually what seals the deal yeah. uh effie where can people find you online if they want to watch you on twitch and stuff like where, where can they go for all that good stuff everything is under effie lives e-f-f-y-l-i-v-e-s that's twitch twitter instagram pro wrestling tees uh not on tiktok yet holding off on that one uh you can find me on linkedin uh <laughs> under the same name I don't know. Come hang out. Yell at me. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't. Tell me what you're watching. Awesome. Effie, uh, we love you here yes, at the PWT cast. Um, I told you beforehand, this episode is titled Effie Forever. And that is because uh, that is. Forever. Yeah. That, that's going to be a thing. We're going to make that a thing. Effie Forever. Do y'all have food around here? Uh, I got a box of fruit snacks over there. No, but we'll, like we'll, in the general vicinity? Yeah, we'll take, yes. we'll take you to go get some food. All right, I can some food. Yeah. some food? You need some food? All right. We're, yeah, we're we'll go get some boys. food. All right, guys. Uh, we'll cut it there. Uh, thank you again, Effie. We love you and uh, can't wait for part five. Thank you again to the wonderful Effie. Um, unfortunately, I we didn't go get food with him. But Trevor, Trevor took him out. Trevor Outlaw. Shout out Trevor Outlaw as well. He was, uh, he went and picked the man up from the airport and was kind of chaperoning him around. I haven't watched their match yet. They they did have a match. I wanted, again, I wanted to go to the Freelance show because the Freelance Underground was uh, one of the sponsors. Hey, as well, let's, let's shout, let me shout out the sponsors really quick. We have, of course, Freelance Wrestling, um, you know, our, our home promotion. I've won a wrestling match there, believe it or not. I beat someone that no longer manages the retail store uh and as well as uh, the cryptic closet head over to the cryptic closet.com use promo code pwtcast to get a whole ass 20 percent off of anything on their site including the fanny devito fanny pack which hey summer's right around the corner and uh sometimes shit just you, you can't bring too much stuff with you you know if you're in for a nice hike or something you want to bring all that shit put it in your pocket but if you want to get a fanny devito fanny pack and put it all in there well, get 20% off of that using promo code PWTCAST. And, of course, last but not least, Gorilla Publishing. Um, if you want to just enjoy a, a nice summer night, you know, summer eve, and uh, read a comic book outside, head over to Gorilla Publishing. They got a ton of them over there. And, uh, you know, our man Julio over there crushes it with uh, 
all those books he's worked on. He did an awesome Jay White design earlier in the week. Oh, uh, yeah. What can I, I tell, can I just tell you, Julio hustles so hard. Like he's always showing me stuff that he's designing for people, and uh, you know he's one of those typical bashful artists that doesn't think very highly of himself sometimes. And I'm like, man, dude, you you're so sick. So yeah, shout out to Julio and uh, Gorilla Publishing. Yeah, hey, listen, my friend Adam loved that design so much. He was like, give that guy a kiss in the mouth for me. And I was like, oh, Adam, I don't need a Jay White design to give Julio a kiss on the mouth. Yeah. You know. Um, but what the fuck was I talking about right before, before that? Um, Sponsored. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, they, Freelance Underground, they had, a, they, they had a taping, and I know Trevor and Effie were, were supposed to wrestle on the show. I can't wait to watch that, as these two are two of not only my favorite wrestlers, but two of my just genuinely favorite people. Uh, cool dudes. Yeah, cool dudes. Um, but Snake, uh, newest episode of Falcon Winter Soldier drop. Like, I am, again, I am loving these hour-long episodes. Like, yes, uh, just we need more of that. We need more of these hour-long episodes. And we're almost halfway there. Next week is episode three, so about halfway through the series. How did you feel about this week's episode? Well, I mean, just to continue what you're talking about with the, the length of the episodes, like, if that was like the one common gripe, it was that like WandaVision was like a half hour, 27 minutes, including credits. So, you know, by the time you felt like you were getting into it, it was over, which, you know, it had the effect of, boy, do I want more. But like, maybe that's not the best way to get people to want more. Um, watching this really does seem like a long form movie, which it, I guess it kind of is. Um but they're really, really developing the character and the relationship between Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, and I, I got to tell you, I thought it would be so corny from, you know, seeing them quip back and forth in the early trailers. I was like, ah, this seems hammy. But in the story, you could tell they're really friends, but sometimes they go at it. And, you know, this episode we got to see uh, the new Cap in action and – for at least a little bit, they make you feel kind of sorry for the guy. Like, of course, like if you were someone like him, that was, you know, arguably a, a war hero and someone said, Hey, would you like to be honored with the mantle of captain America? Who would turn that down? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's bring it back to wrestling. Eric Bischoff just said that about Goldberg. Everyone complains about Goldberg, but if someone said, Hey, we want to put you on TV and give you a million dollars and you don't have to work very hard. Everyone would say yes, no matter how much we complain about it. So, um, this guy's kind of put in a, in a tough position. He's got really big shoes to fill and, you know, not even just in the world as us fans, Captain America is looms large over the MCU. So, um, we got to see some of that resentment bubble over, you know, with, uh, Sam Wilson and, uh, you know, Bucky and, um, we got to see a lot of the dynamic between all three of those characters go on. Um, and then as you can see, as the episodes got going farther, the new cap kind of turns into a little bit of a dick. What did you think about it? No, I definitely like, so we had, I'd mentioned that I had heard about John Cena was originally supposed to play the, you know, the character of us agent, but, yeah. and, and there's very much of like, Oh man, I really wish it would have been him, but kind of thinking about it in hindsight, like, no, I think Wyatt Russell fits fits yeah. the role better because there's something about Wyatt Russell who just has like a punchable face, you know? Very like, punchable, yeah. I mean, listen, Wyatt, he's a great actor. Like I, I always talk about there's um, 
one of my favorite episodes of black mirror is with him in it um where he's doing like the vr video game test not not the one like effie mentioned where he's making out with a dude um it's, it's like another one it's like a straight up like horror episode like a, a haunted house episode um that's really good i would recommend you watch that uh he was also in 22 jump street I, I watched it on the plane coming back from florida and i was like oh this is pretty fun um because i don't really i don't really care for 20 i don't really remember 22 jump street 21 jump street love it maybe we'll talk about it on the podcast one of these days um but no he, he definitely has like a real punchable face and you kind of see you see his character like he's clearly trying to like hey come on like let's work together but like no dude for all like don't you yeah, can't ju- you. <laughs> you can't just come in and like all right guys let's all be friends like no man there's going to be some resentment rightfully so from these guys and you can't just like be so blase about it like no they have every right to like tell you to go fuck off and there's you know there's a scene where he's like all right well then like stay the fuck out of my way you know for, yeah. without saying stay the fuck out of my way and um i'm excited to see where that is and, and apparently too um what, what was the the name of of his sidekick um star or Battlestar. Battlestar. Like I, so I just found out. Like I was listening to uh, MCU later. Uh, our friends over at uh, Post Wrestling Waiting and WH Park. You know they've been talking about these Marvel shows as well. And WH Park, smartest man I know when it comes to comics. Like this guy knows yeah. everything. Like he will tell you specific issues. You know what dates they came out and stuff. Super. You know, shout out WH Park. But we gotta get him back on the show. Oh yeah, I am. I, I love me maybe we get him on next week i don't know we'll maybe. see yeah we'll see listen much like with this jdf episode just doing this on the fly we're live pal <laughs> um except for people listening this is pre-recorded but yeah. um you know so it's like there's history there with you know with him uh like it, it, there's actual history like at first i was like oh okay this is probably just like a character but like no much with marvel they're very good at like again these B, C level characters where they're just like, no, 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 we'll, we'll do something with them. Um, I'm excited, you know, again, to see like where they're going with it, especially that next week that like, um, they're going to go talk to Baron Zemo because we've seen Baron Mm -hmm. Zemo, like he finally dones the mask. And some people were like, is it an homage to Thanos? Because it kind of looks like Thanos, you know? And (laughs) yeah. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like I, I am with it. There's also, um, the character of power broker that I've seen the internet kind of talk about who, um, you know, in the MCU kind of gives all these people their, their special powers. Uh, and very much so like it, he might be the one that's messaging, um, the flag smashers. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm excited. Well, I, I, you know, I gotta say, you know, I, I did mention that they kind of make a, they make the new cap a little sympathetic. Mm-hmm uh at the beginning and he's like come on guys you know let's be you know he, he makes that line he's like i'm the new captain america and i think it would be great if i had captain america's wingman on my team Oof. and then you know <laughs> and then sam wilson says it's always that last sentence and they they hop out but like cap himself you know if you follow the mcu he had a tough time like people just like did not like him at first they were like they I can't remember. They were making fun of him. They were calling him like circus boy or something. And he, all he wanted to do was serve his country. And he just got a lot of shit from it until he decided to go, you know, free some prisoners. But, um, it's not going to be that easy to get someone's respect. And I think 
you can see some of that guy's frustration, but also, yeah, just him kind of showing his true colors and being a little bit of a dick at the end of the episode. I was like, ooh, when he said stay out of my way, I was like, ooh. Yeah, no, definitely. And like, there's uh it was interesting they introduced they introduced the character of Isaiah Bradley who yes. um like listen much of course you know much like everything else like in American history it very much makes sense that they would test out this uh super soldier serum uh on a black man before they would you know on a black yep. soldier nonetheless before they would do it uh for a white soldier because that's just you know Read a history. Well, read a history book. Look up the what is it? The, the, the Tuskegee experiments. Like, yep. yeah, America has uh, has quite a history of of doing things of that nature. Um, well, what, the other the other thing I got to say is I love the way that they're really kind of tackling some of these socio political uh, issues that we we're seeing kind of played out in real life today. In that, um, you know, a, a lot of the stuff that that are not people of color have just taken for granted, you know, the last several years, our eyes have been really opened to what people of color have been going through as far as institutional racism. I know we've touched on themes of that, you know, through, through some shows like Watchmen, you know, opened a lot of people's eyes about something like black wall street. And that's something that is not generally taught to people in schools. And that's a shame. And so they kind of tackle that with Isaiah and even like Sam Wilson's like, why was I not told about this stuff? And so that that really echoes true from some of the stuff that we're seeing today. Um, even even the fact that, you know, they're having a light argument on the street and cops were called and several squad cars come. And it's only until he says he's basically like, dude, I'm Falcon. And they're like, oh, sorry, sir. You know, how many times have black people been profiled on the streets? And, you know, some people were lucky enough to be famous and get off because they were famous. But like. This is something that still goes on today, and it's really kind of refreshing that we're we're seeing that just being addressed head on in a show, especially a show that's so popular and and mainstream. So, um, I'm really interested to see how they do this. They've been very <laughs> they're not veiling anything when it comes to these uh, themes about being black in America, and it's kind of cool to see where they're going with it. No, I, I definitely appreciate. Like I I I was said like earlier in the week. I'm like this is. This is the closest the MCU has come to saying all cops are bastards because, mm-hmm. you know, again, like you see the difference in like, is this man bothering you? Like, you know, we need to see your ID right now. And then like, oh, no, Bucky, we're sorry, yep. pal. We have to arrest you. Like, just how fucked up, how fucked up is it? You know, this guy saved the world. Yep. This guy save the fucking world you know both of and he them can't get alone and he can't walk down the street without getting pulled over and harassed i mean if that if that isn't like black america in a nutshell i don't know what is so. exactly like even uh, it's just it's so fucked up but i i do appreciate marvel addressing these issues these world yeah these real world life issues and yeah i'm loving that another thing that i'm that i'm that i enjoyed is uh so they subtly introduce uh, Elijah Bradley, who in the comics plays the character of Patriot, who is the leader of the Young Avengers. And like I've talked, I've talked at again, like at length about how Marvel's really good at setting things up. They'll they'll tell you what they're setting up. You know, they'll announce, "Hey, this is our Phase Four lineup." But another thing that they'll do is they'll start just like low key introducing people um, and not telling you about it. You know, yeah. like, uh, so 
they introduced the twins. For you guys unaware, like the Young Avengers are just a, a team of that, just young superheroes. Um, and in WandaVision, they introduce her twins, Speed and Wiccan, who factor into this team. You have now Patriot introduced. And mind you, we didn't really, we, you know, we kind of just saw him. He was never in focus, you know, like he was just there, but he was fucking there. That's his grandson. Um, you have, uh, What's the, the the girl Hawkeye? Um, oh fuck! What's her name? I feel so terrible. Well, she's being introduced. Kate. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Yeah, Kate Bishop. Yep. She's being introduced in this Hawkeye show, and it's no secret she's being. You know, they're, they're no secret about that. Uh, America Chavez. She's being introduced in Doctor Strange. Hulkling is supposed to be showing up in Captain Marvel. Um, you know, Miles Morales is rumored to be showing up in Spider Man. Like. They're, they're just, you have um, uh, Ant-Man's daughter, who's like, you know, they purposely aged her up as well. Um, they have Kamala Khan. She's getting her own TV show. Like, they are just, they are rolling out these young adventures. Like, these, it, it, they will be a team. And it's just, I, I love how they do, like, subtle shit like that. Because there was, um, there was, like, a quote from Kevin Feige that was like, oh, this, like, from Falcon to Winter Soldier, it, like, there's three different, like stories that this kind of branches off to one obviously being young avengers um two i would guess you would you know you could say like this new captain america franchise um and with sam taking the role of captain america it's no spoiler it's what he's gonna do like it's, it's happening there's like you can go you can go buy his toys right now of him dressed like that but another one that i'm that i'm like they're fucking doing it and i heard like a rumor is that they're introducing the thunderbolts um, for those of you unaware of the Thunderbolts, uh, General Ross, um, he, you know, we, we've met him in, in the Hulk and, you know, he showed up in Civil War and in Endgame, I think, or Infinity War, one of the two. One of those. Yeah. He, uh, puts together his own team of, uh, superheroes, uh, made of villains, you know, yeah. uh, one of them. Very, very Suicide Squadish. Yeah. Very much Suicide Squadish. Uh, one of the characters, U.S. Agent, which, again, we've already been introduced to. So, And, you know, hey, maybe we kind of get just a, a brief glimpse of what he's capable of and then, you know, eventually see more of him down the line. Another character is the second Black Widow, which, Dave, I don't know if you know, but there's a fucking Black Widow movie coming out in which they introduce the second Black Widow. So it's like it's another thing that they're doing where they're kind of just like maybe they are maybe they aren't i don't know i got a feeling that they are it's just you know introducing these other characters where it's just like i love that i love that about marvel that it's like they will tell you one story and from that story they will, they're also starting to tell you you know another one or two more and it's just i love it i i like i love like marvel and how just like they do this and i very very much wish that dc would also be on board with that um yep. But hey, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is at this point, and uh, I'm just happy. I'm just happy that we're getting more comic book stuff because I love it. I love it all. Um, Last time, you know, we got Disney Plus for the Mandalorian, and then it was like we're waiting for Mandalorian season two, and now we're we're finally starting to get some content to fill up uh, this awesome streaming service. So I'm pretty stoked. So. And they announced earlier in the week too that like Black Widow and shang chi will be available in theaters and on disney plus at the same time um i hope that i can go see both of them in theaters if not 
I've got a giant 80 inch television that I don't mind just watching them here at home, you know, like, can I just say too, you know, we had Effie in studio and how nice is it that we're starting to get people in studio again mm-hmm. and freelance happened this weekend. And like, I, you know, one, I wish I was there and two, it just makes me that much more anxious to go to freelance Fridays again and bring my daughter to watch some sweet ass underground wrestling. But like, I really feel like we're almost past the tipping point where we'll be doing that sooner rather than later. I'm just excited. I'm excited to see all you guys, you know, that we've made friends with like live and in person. And I feel like it's right around the corner. It's, it's so close. It's so far. Oh, no, definitely. Like, listen, guys, uh, still be safe. If you recently gotten vaccinated, yeah. remember you gotta wait two weeks before like you can start. You're not yeah. Yeah. Bef- yeah. Like, you know, and even then you can still get the, you can still get it. You know, it's just a vaccine. Like it helps prevent, but like even, you know, yeah. even 98 or 90, whatever percent effective it is, like there is still a chance. And so, so don't risk it. Be smart. If you are going out and doing shit, like I'm nobody's dad to tell anyone what to do or yeah. not to do. But no, I very much am excited to get people back, like get people in the studio and just start talking to people like live again. You know, like it is, yeah. It, that's just it's always fun it, it, it is a fun aspect of of that and hey again if, if this is your first time listening go back and listen to some of our older episodes we have tons of episodes with with so many people you know kylie ray uh killer cross cole cabana vicky guerrero uh brody king i love brody king god i can't yeah. wait for us to record in person with him he just he listen he just debuted this fucking new stable over in ring of honor violence unlimited it's it's him homicide chris dickinson and tony duppin i'm excited because fucking only brody king this guy's beating the shit out of these people in his fucking jordans and i'm like hell yeah this guy i love this guy he's my favorite wrestler uh but yeah. a fun a fun of a, a bunch of fun past episodes and hey we're almost at episode 100 which um at episode 100 we will have founder and ceo of pro wrestling tees ryan barkin and that's it's right there it's right around the corner and so I'm, I'm super excited to to sit down and record with him as well and just excited for uh the future of the pwt cast because you know we, we love doing this for you guys um you know we love recording all the extra content as well and it's just uh we appreciate all you guys we appreciate everyone you know hey shout out drugs delaney drugs we love you as well bro you're always supporting us anyone who's ever uh liked or retweeted bought a t-shirt whatever the case is um we love you guys and uh we're again we're, we're excited we're almost at 100 once you get to 100 let's fucking get to 200 and and see where things go um well hey speaking of the ryan episode you know and doing things on the fly what do you think we open up some questions to the, some of the patreon members that they can ask ryan some questions directly i mean not directly but through us yeah, yeah, we'll definitely, you know, hey, maybe we even do a Patreon exclusive episode with Ryan, so that oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see, yeah, a little brainstorming. We'll we'll figure something out. We'll figure something fun, you know, something yeah. exclusive for all you for all you Patreon buddies. Because listen, uh, much like Dave has three children, there's one that he loves more, and that <laughs> is me. All right. Uh, sorry. Uh, oh no, you have four kids. That would make it four kids. Dave has four kids. There's one that he loves more, and that is me. So I got three. I got three kids. No, you would I, be the I'm confused. No, no, no. We have your two stepsons and then your daughter. Yeah. So I would be the fourth. Originally, I said that's true. Originally, I said three. So it would be like a Sophie's yeah. choice. Or not only do you have to kill yeah, one, of, has to go. <laughs> you have to kill one of your children, and then I take their place. Uh, well, also, like 
Can I just say too? Speaking of Patreon, and you know, you guys are probably tired of us. You know, <laughs> I think you're gonna say uh, speaking of it. speaking of my kids, I fucking hate them. <laughs> um, can I just tell you how pleasantly surprised I've been at the amount of support we've gotten from you guys? I mean, I'll be honest. Like when when Berto's like we should do a Patreon, I was like, and I think I told you, I was like, do we have enough people that would sign up for it? And just the amount of support and uh like word of mouth and you know the the dollars actually help us because you know like i said a lot of this stuff has just come out of our pockets you know i mean we've sold a few shirts here and there but like you know when it comes to upgrading equipment and stuff we're reaching into our pockets and it's just so cool that uh some of you guys like us enough that you're like you know what we're gonna put our name on it and we're gonna give you a couple ducats and uh it does go a long way and like every time birdo tells me hey we got another we got another patreon subscriber i'm like geez wow that's really that really is amazing and like i personally and i know berto feels the same way we can't thank you enough for uh just the amount of support we're getting and it feels worthwhile to do this podcast but also you know with these extra episodes that we're doing and stuff like that it really kind of tells us we're going in the right direction so um we love all of you guys and we were, we're constantly thinking of ways we could do more extra stuff for you guys that we haven't even mentioned yet so yeah, for, uh, be on the lookout for that. Yeah, for those of you guys who signed up for the twenty dollars tier, uh, all your goodies will be coming. We're just uh, uh, it's these dang membership cards that we're we're trying to finalize because we, we don't want. I got a great, I got a great idea for them. I got to tell you off the air, but uh, they're gonna look cool. All right, uh, well, guys, uh, we've been we've been ranting long enough now. Uh, so again, thank you everyone who who stuck around to listen to this. Um, and uh, yeah, for the PWT cast, you guys, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast. And so, I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang.